Thanks for tuning in to Release City Church Online. We're all about loving God and loving people. If you're ever in our area, we'd love for you to join us for one of our live weekend worship experiences. For more information about service times and events, go to releasecitychurch.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Release City Church. We hope that today's message will encourage you and help bring you closer to Jesus. Now, let's check out today's message. So as you know, we're in this collection of talks on words, and we've been talking about the power of our tongue. If you're prepared to take notes, let me encourage you to do that. If you didn't come prepared to take notes, I want to encourage you to get prepared in the next 60 seconds. Find something to write some stuff down on. I'm telling you, these words are going to change your life because words are powerful, and it's not my words that I am distributing to you today. It is the word of the Lord, and it has the power to change you from the inside out. Amen? Amen. So I want to dive straight in today. Uh, Let's go to the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, begin with verse 21. Now, this is, if you were here last week, you're going to recognize this. This is the launching verse uh, for this series, and pretty much is the focal point uh, for where we're headed in today's talk. And we started out last week with this verse, and I want us to go back and look at it again as we continue unpacking what God's Word says about our tongue and our words. Are you there? Proverbs 18, 21. This is reading from the NIV. It says this, the tongue, everybody say the tongue. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it eat its fruit. I think I read that other translation last week that said, and those who talk a lot are those who are talkative. You will partake or you will eat exactly what you are saying. And we talked a lot last week about the difference between seed and fruit. Fruit is what's happening. Fruit is your words. If you don't like what you're seeing, then you need to go back and check the seeds that are getting deposited into your spirit and into your heart because your words are a direct reflection of what has been deposited into your heart. That's the word. Okay? So, basically... What the writer was saying, he was saying the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it eat its fruit. Everybody say tongue. Everybody go, ah. Now look at your neighbor with that tongue out and go, this is my tongue. Ah. JC may, ah. You want to do it? This is your time. This is your moment. We're all, ah. Ah. If it was Jenna, she'd have it. She'd be like, ah. That is my tongue, and it has the power to help you or to harm you. My tongue and my words have the power to, 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 to help you or to destroy you. I saw uh, there was a meme or something uh, that came across. It was so funny because how many knows Big Brother's listening, and when you start looking things up on the Internet, then things start falling into your newsfeed on Facebook. And it was a little meme, and it was actually these two um, uh, uh, pencil guys, and, and they were standing side by side. One was overlooking the other, and the one that was overlooking the one had, I, w- I wish I put it, should put it on the screen for you, had a dart uh, arrow with the pencil that was going out, and it, and it was coming out of his mouth, and it shot straight through the heart of the other little pencil sketched guy and it was saying even though this even though this tongue has no bone in it and i'm probably chopping this up but it has the ability to crush your heart destroy your heart this this is just a little piece of meat it's like 
Like it's na- nasty. And if you're not brushing your tongue, nasty. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm really not, but it's true. That little thing has the ability to destroy or uplift somebody. Your words are powerful. We were rolling through the drive-thru at Starbucks last night because we went over the, 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 the prom was last night. Was a lot of our students were there. We were sitting in the drive-thru, and I saw, I promise you, I don't think they're here. I'm not going to say names. Anyway, I saw about, I don't know, was it 15 girls got out of that little bitty four-seater car? It was like, it was, cr- it was just a little bitty four-door car, a little car. And they just kept piling out with these long dresses, just flowing out. And I spotted one, and, I, and she was one of ours. And as they walked inside... Of course, the daddy of me was like, does mama know that they here? But that's none of mine. But I, what I did say, as, we, as I watched them walk in, I said, Holy Spirit of God, protect them tonight as they travel. Why? Because my words went straight to heaven. And I believe that there are angels that protected those girls last night. Yes. Amen? Your words are powerful. What are you using your words for? Are you using, are you using your words to help or to harm? Let's go to Proverbs 12, 18. There's a lot of scripture today. If you saw the image on Facebook that shows the scriptures we're going to be going through, we're going to be rolling through them. So I'm going to roll through these with you. We're going to go quick. Proverbs 12, 18, reading from the NIV says this. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I got a question for you today. Do you have a wise tongue or a reckless tongue? With your words, are you helping people? Are you helping those around you? With your words, are you helping the relationships that you're engaged in? Friendships, dating relationships, family relationships. Are you helping the people that you work with? Are you helping family? Are you helping your marriage? Let's marry people. Are the words that you're communicating to your spouse, are they helping your marriage or are they harming your marriage? Again, I already know this is not the message going to get you shouting me down. I got my tough skin on today. And I've connected with the Father, and he said, this is what you say. Because your, your words are powerful. If you don't like the condition of your marriage, check the seed. <coughs> check the seed. If you don't like the fruit, check the seed. The relationship with your children, are you harming or are you helping? Your tongue is dangerous. I want to speak to you for the next few moments from this subject. Armed and dangerous. Because you are armed and dangerous. You have a weapon. It's your tongue. You are armed and dangerous. Your words are a weapon. What we're going to focus on today is more and less the spiritual power behind your words. I want to equip you today. I want you to walk out of here ready to, to if you're married, I, I, I want to equip you to actually be helpful to your marriage. I'm going to give you some steps to actually help you. First of all, understanding your words are powerful. Is the conversation helpful or is it harmful? What I want us to wrap our heads around is the fact that we've been given the greatest weapon ever, and it's this right here. Yes, your tongue is a weapon, but the greatest weapon is this. What is this filled with? Words. So it's time to connect our tongues to this scripture. The Bible is your weapon. 
The question that I want to ask today is this. Is it concealed or open carry? Is it concealed or open carry? What is it for you? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin, that I may not sin against you. You got to get these words in your heart so that that's depositing good seeds in your heart so that out of that, out of that will flow rivers of living water because it's going to come out of your mouth. What you speak is the way, you, the, is the direction of your life. You frame up your life, you frame up your house, you frame, yeah, you do, your family, the people who live in the house. You frame up your world with your words. That's what, that's, this is what I believe. When God's word is in your heart and when it comes out of your mouth, it has the power to change your circumstances. And it's my prayer today that, that you would grab a hold of this truth and start depositing God's word into your heart and start speaking what God's word says over your circumstances and over your life. Because as believers in Christ, we should be speaking life over our circumstances. We should be speaking life over our families. We should be speaking life over our children. We should be speaking life over our health. Okay, so you got a bad cough. Well, it might be COVID. No, don't say that. Say, it, it, it's, it's just passing through. I don't know what it is, but God healed me today. Start speaking. God, God, God if he wanted you to go through that, and, 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 and that was his desire for you to have that, then he would have never sent his son to die on the cross for your healing. Some of us like that stuff. We like to be sick because it brings us attention. It's, the, it's like the, guy, the story in the Bible when Jesus heals, the, um, heals that guy and the first thing he said is, do you want to be healed? Because a lot of people, they like, they, their identity is their dysfunction. Did you hear me? Their identity is their dysfunction. And God wants to set us free from our dysfunction. And how we do that is when we get the word of God into our heart. And we begin speaking words of life over our health and over our finances and over our city and over our country. Memes are funny, but they're damaging. I'm talking about our country. If you're on social media, you know there's a lot of memes going on right now. They're still damaging I don't care if you like them or not. They're still damaging. All right, let me show you what I'm talking about. Because God has not only designed our words to help us communicate, but he has also designed our words to help give us the power to create. Everybody say, I'm a creator. You're creating your, your world. You're creating your Monday. Remember what I said last week? When I wake up on Monday morning, this is going to be a great day. Do I know for a fact it's going to be? It may not be. Chances are pretty good that if you woke up and said it's going to be a great day, the enemy also heard you, and guess what he's going to do? Try to throw something in your way to trip you up. And the next words that come out of your mouth will not be, God, it's going to be a great day. It's probably something else. <laughs> yeah, oh, me. <laughs> and me, too. <laughs> But, but regardless of what may happen, because I said it's going to be a good day, I've programmed my mind to say, regardless of what happens, I'm going to make it through this mess, whatever it is. I've already, it's the rudder. Uh -uh, that's his tongue. It's the one that sets the course for my day. 
that says, come hell or high water, it does not matter. I'm still going to press on and I'm not giving up. Me being here today, I'm telling you, church, me standing on this platform today is I, I, I'm, I'm eating what I'm delivering today. And those that saw me walk in today, you know. And that's not to direct attention on me, but I don't know what, how else to, to deliver God's word than to say, it, I, I apply it to my own life and it's true. When you don't feel like doing it, you press on anyway. Because I looked at Amy today at the house and I said, I'm not strong enough to do this today. And I'm not looking for text messages and Pastor B, you're doing a great job. I'm not looking for that. But what I want you to understand is the same devil that's bothering you gets on me. You see the, you see the anointing and you say, oh man, he's got it. No, dude, I, 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 was, I tried several times to walk away from being here today. Because I don't want y'all to see me a mess. And I don't want to fake it because that's what I'm trying to tell you not to do. Just be honest and real. Man, life stinks sometimes. And we don't understand, but I trust God's heart for me. And I trust God's heart for you. He will never leave you. Why are you walking away? Somebody say, well, I'm here today. I'm not walking away. Yeah, but what happens tomorrow when you don't set your rudder and, and, and things start happening you experience sadness or you experience stuff in your life on a Monday morning? Y'all know how Mondays roll out? It's crappy sometimes. And I'm standing here today to tell you, don't give up. So we have the power with our words not to just communicate but to create. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Psalms 33, 6 says this. The Lord merely spoke. Everybody say, he spoke. The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. So according to what we just read, all God had to do to create the heavens was speak. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. That one be, should be easy to find. Page 1. <laughs> says this. Genesis 1, 1 through 3 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens. Everybody say create. He created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, everybody say said. Then he said, let there be light. It was dark. God said, let there be light, and there was light. So God said, and there was Prior to that, there was no light. But when God spoke, darkness had no darkness couldn't do anything. It couldn't hold on anymore. When, when God said, let there be light, darkness had to let go. So whatever your situation is, it may be dark. It may be gloomy. What, what you need to say is, get thee behind me, devil. This is inconsistent with what God has spoken over my life. You've got to go. And guess what? He has, he has to go. But it's not just the word. That's a powerful word. But until you actually speak it, it's null and void. It has no power. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I, I have a tendency to jump all the way to the end of my notes because I know what, what's coming at the end. It's like somebody who you go to a movie. You've already seen the movie. They have it. And you tell them the closing, the closing, you know, happy ever after or it was a horrible ending you tell them and they're like well thanks let's go so I, I gotta I gotta I gotta hold myself back but when God spoke light darkness had to go 
There wasn't another option. There, this, there was, it wasn't up for discussion. It wasn't an argument. Darkness had no choice. Same thing applies to you. When there's darkness in your world, you say, in the name of Jesus, let there be light. Jesus is, Jesus is the light of the world. So if you need light in your dark situation, call on the name of Jesus. If you can't say nothing else, you just say, Jesus, I need you now. And light will come. Darkness has to let go. It's not, it's, there's no open discussion. It's, there's no argument. It's just how it's going to be. The reason, the reason we're able to walk in here and it's not dark in here right now is because somebody came in here and turned the light on. Some of y'all need to do the same thing in some of y'all's dark situations. You need to go turn the light on. It's just that simple. Some of y'all stumbling in here over chairs. Some of y'all stumbling through life because you just didn't go turn the light on. Darkness has no choice. Hebrews 11, chapter 3. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. Hebrews. Hebrews. Some of y'all are like, man, I need that second cup of coffee. Hebrews. That was corny, I know. <laughs> Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 3 says this. By faith, everybody say by faith. By faith we understand that the entire universe, everything that we see, was formed at God's command that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Everything we see came from nothing. You and I can't create anything from nothing. We have to have a substance of some kind to create anything. But God... But God, but God, you're needing some new life in your marriage. You need some new life in your situation. You need some new life in your life. <laughs> I need some new life in my life. Stop trying to create something with what, all, with what you have. You give him what you have and let him take care of the rest. Because what you need is really him anyway. Hit that B3 organ. So, so how did he do it? How does he do it? How did he, how did he create nothing? Excuse me. How did he create everything from absolutely nothing? What did he do? He spoke it into being. He spoke it into being. Now, in the book of John, you don't have to turn there. It's not even going to be on the screen. John 5, 19. Those of you taking notes, write it down. Here it goes. Jesus himself tells us that I only do what I see my father do. And then John 12, 49 says... And then he, Jesus tells us again, I only speak what my Father tells me to speak. I want to be a servant of God. I, if I get up here and regurgitate my opinion to you, it will not help you at all. It might make you feel good. It may tickle your ears. It may get a, a hashtag good preaching, Pastor B. It may get a retweet. It may, but it will not sustain you in the midst of your storm. My words, in my opinion, only God's word will sustain you in the midst of your storm. When the boat was rocking and, and the disciples were in there and Jesus was in the bottom of the boat, you know why? You know why they didn't go under? Because Jesus was in the ship. Is Jesus in your boat? Some of us are just steadily rowing, trying to keep that thing afloat, sticking our toes in, in the holes. They going, I'm going down, I'm going down. Just, just is Jesus with you or he's not? If he's with you, then just relax. Just relax. 
plugging holes. If I could take my shoes off, that would not be cool or attractive. But if I could take my shoes and just start plugging holes, that's what some of us do in our Christian walk. Oh, I thought she was leaving like he's talking about his toes because she knows they jacked up. <laughs> I was like, she really is embarrassed now. I just saw her move. I didn't know what was going on. But that's how we are in our, in our life. We're trying to patch these holes when if you would just, re- if, he, if he's in your boat, See that, but we get nervous because we don't really know if he is because we know how we're living. And some of them toes just went in your shoes. I felt it. They just said, if he's in your boat, relax. If you know you've been in the word and you've got the word inside of you, start speaking the word. You don't have nothing to worry about. Amen? (laughs) Come on, talk to me. Keeping that in mind, let's flip to Matthew 4. I I got sidetracked. My toes totally distracted me. Matthew 4. Listen, this is the story where Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights to fast and pray. Y'all know the story, right? And right in the middle, while he's fasting, the devil comes to tempt Jesus, to tempt the Son of God. Let's see what happens. Let's read. Matthew Well, it would help if I go there. Let's just do that. I'll cheat. During that time, the devil came and said to him, Jesus, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Now, remember this. Jesus is fasting. Was he hungry? <laughs> Absolutely. Some of y'all can't even go without me, me, me included. I know y'all may not, but B. Weber loves to eat. Some of us can't go 24 hours. Jesus, 40 days and 40 nights, no food. That's when the devil comes in, when he thinks you're at your weakest. I'm talking to you. He did it. He did it to Jesus. So if he did it to the Son of God, who do we think we are that he's not going to come? He came when he felt that Jesus was at his weakest. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. But boy, it sure tastes good. But every word that comes from the mouth of God. Yes, my, my, my flesh may be weak, but my spirit is willing. My flesh may need that filet mignon, medium well, but oh, sorry, mm. with, the, with the scrimp at Yamato's. My flesh may need that, but my spirit needs more than that because how many knows that that, <laughs> how many knows that that only stays for a little while? I'll just leave that right there. But God's word will remain forever. So you need more than just a little bread, a little filet mignon and some shrimp. Here's Jesus in the middle of the fast. Was he hungry? I'm quite obvious. But what happened? Jesus made a statement. He said, the scripture said, or it is written. Everybody say, he said. He said, it is written. What, what was Jesus doing? He was acknowledging that the word is powerful. Now, Jesus is the word, right? He is the word, but yet he spoke the word. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, 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 Whatever, somebody correct me later. I know you will. It exposes our, the word exposes our innermost thoughts and desire. That is why, church, we don't like to get into the word because it exposes who we are. Hear me. 
The word of God is alive. The same thing that God did back then, he's still doing today, and it will not stop. The word of God is alive, it's active, and it's stronger than anything else in your life. The word of God. If you don't have the word of God in your life, I hate to break it to you, but you're only so strong. What I really want to say, filter off, is you're weak. If you don't have the word of God in your heart, coming out of your mouth, you're weak. You have a weak marriage, you have a weak life. Let me just pastor you for a minute. I'm just going to tell you the truth because the truth that you know will set you free. The word of God is all you need. The word of God is alive. Listen, we need the word. If the enemy, if an enemy, if an enemy, I'm not talking about the one, the devil. I'm talking about if somebody was after you and you had a gun, some of y'all are like, I don't believe in it. Okay, fine. If you had a broomstick, if you had something that would actually bring harm to the person that's trying to harm you, would you use it or just stand there? Is it concealed or is it open carry? I know, I know you're saying, yeah, it should be, but I'm here to tell you that probably there's a percentage in this room that know the word, that, that love the word, but it's, I'm not trying to say you're, 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 you're a closet Christian. I'm not saying that, you know. I'm not saying you're a closet Christian, but what I am saying is that you're not speaking the word over your circumstance. If you had a hand grenade... Would you just run away with it? Or would you pull the pin and throw it? Man, if I got anything, if I, I'll be throwing broom, closet, I'll be th- whatever. If, oh. <laughs> I'll be doing all, I'll be screaming like a girl, you coming after me. I won't tell that story again. That was a one and done deal. My gun was close by, but I screamed until I found it. <laughs> okay, some of y'all are like, I gotta hear that story later. All right, let's go back to Jesus and the devil. <laughs> I'm talking about Jesus and the devil. Listen, Jesus tells the devil, this is Jesus, Son of God, it is written. Now, John 1 1 tells us, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. We already established that. And then in the 14th verse of John 1, It goes on to say that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. Jesus was the Word. So, this is, I said all that to say this. Here's Jesus being tempted. If Jesus was the Word, everybody say He was. He was. If Jesus was the Word, then why didn't He just stand there and go, I'm, yeah, me. I am. I'm the Word. What did He say? No, He said, It is written. If Jesus had to actually speak, the word, if Jesus had to speak who he was, then why do we think we're any different? I'm trying to get you to understand that you need to speak the word over your circumstances. You can't speak what you don't know. And half the time, the only stuff that we're regurgitating is the stuff that is the seeds that have been put in there. Hey, did y'all hear about what so-and-so did? Did y'all see on Facebook? Did y'all see that meme? He would, no, I'm not going to say that because some of you, mm-mm. anyway, what, what, did you see, what's our conversation? It's what we put in. So we got to start putting this in. So this will come out. And then guess what also will come out? The stuff that doesn't belong there because light and darkness can't dwell in the same vessel. Hmm? Oh, me. Jesus said, it is written. 
This is, hear me, hear me. This is what he was saying. He was saying, my sustaining force, my purpose in life, my destiny is not predicated on if I'm hungry or not. Our moods, though, are, right? Our mood, mood swing. Y'all, mood swing. It's been a bad day, so watch out. Y'all ever heard that? Married people? Watch out. It's been one of them days. Or, no, actually, when she says it's been one of them days, you say watch out. Or you say I'm out. Call me when it's dinner time. Or if some of y'all smart, you're like, honey, what can I do to help make dinner tonight? Because that could turn into a watch out. Yeah, smooth. That could turn into a watch out or oh me. Huh? It's the power of your words. I got to do, do one on relationship. Not that we have a perfect one, but what's that? Oh, I'm like hand signals. Like. <laughs> Am I supposed to run? I got four minutes? I don't know. Is that what you're telling me? Four minutes left? I don't know. Something like, yeah, that's what she said. Four minutes, Pastor B. Listen, listen. Your purpose should not fluctuate based on the opposition that you're facing. My faith should not fluctuate based on what what's coming at me. My purpose does not falter or change just because there may be a virus in the world. We can't allow ourselves to be moved by all this stuff. Listen, what's the Bible say? Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will not pass away. I'm going to stand on his word, and I'm going to speak his word. Why? Because his word is powerful, and his word in my mouth makes me armed and dangerous. Because you are armed and dangerous. You have the ability to build up or destroy. But if you've got this, this will build you up. This is not meant to destroy you. So when people say, I don't like reading it because, it ex- because you said it exposes me. It exposes the weakness in us. And God wants, when, when I am weak, in him I am made strong. We walk around, I got it all together. That's why I'm not going to be that pastor. I'm not going to be that pastor that walks up here trying to fake it. Because you don't need to walk around trying to fake it. Thank you. When I'm weak, because when I'm weak, I get into his word and his word makes me strong because his word coming out of my mouth makes me strong and makes me powerful. Come on, turn your neighbor tell him, say, get in his word. That is not a suggestion. That's a requirement. <clears throat> I'm coming down. Promise. The home stretch. Oh, I want to give. I got to share this with you. There's two words that are found in Scripture or, or that are talked about. There's two words that actually describe the word "word." Everybody say "word." Okay. One is called logos. L-O-G-O-S, Logos. This is the written word. This is the Bible in its entirety. This is the Logos word. Then there's another one that's called Rhema word. That's the spoken word. That's what activates the Logos. Remember what I said. This is powerful, but unless you do something with it, you can't use it. My revolver that I carry, some of y'all like, did he just say what I thought he said? Will do me no good 
if I don't pick it up and use it in defense. I'm going to drop two things on you. This word won't do anything for me in defense. But we don't just need to be a defensive Christian church. We need to be an offensive Christian church. I don't just need to be saying, God, give me stuff so I can protect mine. I need to, I need to actually take this word so I can help you protect yours. Well, that's what you do because you're the preacher. No, that's what we're all called to do because we're all disciples of Jesus. So logos is the entirety. What activates this is the, it's called a rhema word. Let me read Ephesians uh, chapter 6, 17 says this. Put on, oh, I love this. <clears throat> Put on salvation. Those of y'all that remember dad, he would always talk a lot about the armor of God, getting dressed in the armor of God. This is a portion of that scripture, Ephesians 6, 17. Put on salvation as a helmet and take the sword of the Spirit. Y'all remember how dad used to do? He'd be walking through the house. I'm like... He'd make us all do it. We do it. Helmet of salvation, belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, good news shoes, be walking around, sword of the spirit, and the shield of faith. What he's actually telling us is to pull out the word of God. Because what do you do when you pull a sword through a sheath? Sheath, is that right? It, it does make that. And it caused me to go. When you start pulling out the word like a sword, it actually causes the enemy to go. Some of y'all not getting the emony. Emony? I better stop. <laughs> mm -mm. I ain't there yet. <laughs> okay. Some of us can't get the enemy to duck when we actually regurgitate something we've heard. He's actually stepping to us like, oh, you really think that? No. It is written. He can't... <laughs> He can't stand. Listen. He said it is written, meaning logos. This is what Jesus was telling. Logos, it is written. How is it made alive? When it's spoken. God's word becomes active when I speak it over my life and my circumstances. Listen, when COVID hit, new reality came on the scene, right? Did our family follow the protocols? Yes. Yes. I, we, we go through so much soap, just washing my hands. Y'all remember? It? Well, we, we did all the things that we're supposed to. We wore the mask. I, sometimes I, I, I was frustrated about it, but the Holy Spirit said, hey, if that's, what, if that's what you're supposed to be doing, just do it. Shut up. He talks to me that way because I know my will is a lot stronger, just like y'all. Y'all can sit there and act like y'all real holy, but I know. Because we all flesh. What am I saying? I'm saying, I'm going to do all the stuff in the natural that I'm supposed to do. COVID is, is on the decline. But we're still, and thanks to Dane, we're still in here. Started two weeks ago, I think, or a week ago. We're actually spraying, what's it called? Viricide. It's a mist, and it's covering all the surfaces to kill anything that would try to come in here. We're doing all the stuff we're supposed to in the natural. But guess what? I'm also also, everybody say also. I'm also speaking God's word over this house and over your family and over our lives. I'm going to speak God's word. Do in the natural, but then follow up with the supernatural. Listen, 
regardless of what's going on in the natural, regardless of what's going on around me or happening to me, it does not change my trust in God. I don't know where you are, but I'm telling you where I stand. Just because the enemy is coming at me, it doesn't matter how hard the blow is. Robin sent a text to, 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 to Brittany as, as she was in the hospital. I forget what the conversation, but it says something to do with Weber's wobble, but they get, what did it say? Weber's wobble, but they get back up or something like that. It's the same thing. If the devil hits you, bless God, get back up. When Robin got sick, dude, we stood, in, we stood on God's word believing for a healing. When she passed, it did not, listen, hear me, it did not shake my faith. Because she got exactly what we were praying for. It just didn't happen exactly like I wanted it to. But at the moment she passed, not for a minute did I feel like God lost control. It did not shake my faith. She got her healing. It didn't happen the way that I thought it would. What am I saying? Put your hope and trust in God regardless of what it looks like. And just remember, if you're going through something, it did, it did not happen because God took his hand off of it and lost control of it. A lot of stuff we go through, you hear me say this all the time, is a direct consequence or result from my stupid, jacked-up decisions. And then there are things that happen that are beyond my control, but I also know, oh, time's ticking away, but I also know that God will walk with me through all of the mess, even the mess that I created. I created a lot of mess in my teenage years and God still walked with me through. I'm standing here today only because he walked with me. And you are here today because God walked with you through your mess. Your situation and your circumstances are real, yes. But darkness was also real until God spoke and said, let there be light. Your circumstances are real. What we are going through with our family is very much real. And the darkness has to leave when I tap in to the light. And there's, listen, there's a lot of information that we're, we're th it's thrown, about, thrown at us. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, news. Huh? We're, there's lots of information. Stephen Furtick said it this way. Pastor Stephen Furtick said it this way. We... Let me say, I got it exactly how, how he said it. You can think about a million things at once, but you can only speak one thing at a time. What are you speaking? If you're, I'm telling you what you're speaking. You're speaking whatever you're allowing to come in. If it's doubt, depression, that's what you're going to speak. There may be some stuff that causes you to feel depressed, but God's word will lift you up out of the miry clay. It'll lift you up out of that mess. I'm just telling you. It wasn't until, listen, it, not even in worship, it wasn't until I opened up the word today that I'm actually feeling strong, because I'm telling you, I was weak this morning. Somebody showed me a picture of dad, as soon as I walked, it wasn't their fault, I've just had one of those weeks, and I lost it, because my flesh, I miss them. They're always at Usher Park when there's proms or, or, or different things at the school, and we're taking family pictures. There were two people missing in those family pictures. But it wasn't until I opened up God's word today, even though I had been in his word all week, 
fighting through this. And then today it just over, I, I stood in our kitchen and I'm crying like a baby. I'm not strong enough. I don't want to do this today. My spirit wanted to, but my flesh said, I can't do this. And it wasn't until I got up, I'm telling you, until I got up here and began opening the, I feel the anointing in the presence of the Lord in here, and I just want somebody to get it. That does not mean I'm going to hold you until 1230 just because I, it feels good right now. I'm going to tell you, what I want you to understand is get into the Word, get the Word in you, and let the Word flow from your mouth. In closing, help me. I can take in all, as back to Pastor Furtick, I can take in all the information that I want, but I must make a decision on what I'm going to say about it. I can see lots of things happening in the nation. I can see lots of things happening in families. I can see lots of things happening in my family. But I must make the decision, what am I going to say about that? What, what word am I going to speak about that? Am I going to say my word, or am I going to get into the Logos word, and am I going to activate it and make it a rhema word? How does all this work? Listen. Listen. I have to remember that this, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the me three and a half hours ago. I'm talking to, the, I'm talking to me three, three and a half hours ago. I'm, I have to remember that I walk in a higher authority. You, you should be writing this down because I'm, I'm declaring it. For, I, I, have to, I walk in a higher authority. I'm a child of God. I'm an heir to His promises. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my strength. And whom shall I be afraid? No one. How does all this work? Mark eleven twenty three says this. Listen to the truth I speak to you. Whoever says to this mountain with great faith and does not doubt, mountain be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes that what he said, believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. Notice he did not say, say what you believe. A lot of Christians are saying, I, I, this is what I believe. No, he didn't say, say what you believe. Jesus said, believe what you say. Well, I believe that, no, no. Believe what you say. No, don't say what you believe. Well, we go to this church and we believe. Don't, don't tell me what you believe. Believe what you say. And when you speak the word, you can have confidence in the word. What's a mountain? Hear me. Does not mean we're going to go to the mountains in North Carolina and go, I'm going to test this thing. I believe that God will take that and put it in the sea. That, no. What's the mountain between you and God? What is the mountain? What is the thing that, that is between you and God? What is that thing that's between you and that promise? That's your mountain. You need to speak to that mountain today. I'm declaring. Speak to that mountain and it will be. And believe what you're believe what you're saying say to the mountain you are inconsistent with the promises of God for my life y'all know the story the soldier comes up to Jesus he says I have a paralyzed servant that's a whole nother that's a whole nother message because if he because that means the servant got paralyzed. Because how many of you ain't going to hire somebody who's paralyzed, right? Come on. There's a lot of paralyzed servants in the house. That's a whole nother message. A lot of paralyzed servants. He said, he, he said, Jesus, I need, I need, he, needs, he needs to be healed. He said, 
I'll come to your house. The soldier said, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. I'm just breaking this down. It can be found in Matthew 8, 5 through 10. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. Help me, Richard. Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, I love this story, one of my favorites. Lord, I am not worthy to have you come to my home. But just say the word. Speak the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under authority. I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go, come and they come and if I say to my slaves do this and they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. It's one of the one times in scripture that God, Jesus, God in the flesh was flabbergasted. He said, I've not heard any faith like this. How did Jesus hear it? The man spoke it. And Jesus said, I've not seen any faith like this. And he said, and your servant is healed because of your faith. He spoke it. I came today to remind somebody that you are armed and dangerous. You have a weapon and it's time, it's time to stop imitating the world and regurgitating what the world says and start speaking what the word of God says about your circumstances. You're armed and dangerous. What are you doing with your weapon? Your tongue is already, it's armed and it's dangerous. It must be surrendered. And when it becomes surrendered, then you get into the logos so that you can release. Did y'all hear that word? When you get into the logos, then you can say it. Say it again. You can release the power of God. Amen. As Cole's coming, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word today. God, I thank you that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Thanks again for listening today. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, consider giving a financial gift to help us bring the hope of Jesus to more people. You can give online at releasecitychurch.org forward slash give. Remember, you matter, we care, and Jesus loves you. Have a great day.